it's very easy, very ordinary for us to think of meditation as a mental activity. Working with our minds. So when we come to the temple, we have a period of group meditation. We can immediately engage with the mental world. Trying to do my practice, picking up the uh, meditation method. But these lives are mental and physical together. Meditation isn't just a mental activity, but it involves this body of ours as well. Mind and body affect each other directly, immediately, all the time. Therefore, it's always a helpful thing, particularly beginning any period of meditation, sitting meditation, walking meditation. Even if we are old hands who've been doing this for years and years, decades, to make sure that the state of the body is brought into perspective, is included in the picture. How does the body feel? When we're following a schedule, say we're supposed to be in the temple at 8, 8.30, we can be scurrying around doing different jobs, different things, full of our activity, and come to the temple, sit down, and then immediately start to do the meditation and not notice that our body is very tense, very busy. Filled with agitation. So over and over again, it's said and one is reminded, bring attention to the body. How does it feel in this moment? Even though the mental world, our, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions and ideas might be grabbing our attention, hearing the sounds of my voice gets the attention. Oh, around that, aside from that, how does the body feel? What did we bring into the temple when we arrived this morning? How is it? So it's interesting, illuminating, when we bring attention to the body that we notice, oh look, my back is really stiff, or my hips are very tight, my stomach is, is tense, rigid, in a knot, look at that. My face is Stiff, rigid around the eyes. The jaw is tight. However it might be, 
it's illuminating, interesting to see. Oh, until that was brought to my attention, I didn't notice. I was getting busy with the, the mind. Forgot to bring attention to the body. We practice meditation principally to develop two different qualities. The quality of peace and the quality of wakefulness, awareness. These work together. These fundamental aspects of mind, wakefulness and peacefulness, these are attributes, qualities of the mind when it's free of all confusion, free of obstacles. So to establish those in the body, the quality of peace and relaxation, and the quality of alertness or energy, the more that those can be established in the way that we sit, the way that the body is held, then that goes a long way to supporting those qualities to be clarified, developed in the mental world as well. Body and mind affect each other very closely. So if we establish within the body, within the sitting posture, this balance of energy and relaxation, alertness and peacefulness, then it's so much easier, so much more natural for those qualities to be developed in the mental realm as well. So bringing attention into the body Feeling the spine, this central axis of our physical being, our backbone. Inviting the body to sit in an upright, alert way. Bringing energy into the system. And around the spine as the central column, central axis of our body. Invite the rest of the body to relax, to settle. Whether meditation is something new to us, something we're just getting to know, or whether it's something we've been doing for years and years, decades. It is worthwhile to bring attention to these aspects. Notice the habits of the body. Consciously developing the posture to support energy, relaxation. Inviting the body to be at ease, to settle. Free of all tension. So then right here in the body, in our physical being, there's this balancing, this blending of energy and relaxation, peacefulness and wakefulness. They work together.
And when that balance of qualities is established in the body, feeling that sense of integration, so that's stable, steady, clear, then that's the, the time to begin the particular meditation practice, say mindfulness of breathing. Consciously training the attention to focus. Feeling the in-breath, the out-breath. Setting the intention to ground the, the mind here in the present reality. Now consciously picking up the feeling of the breath, that rhythm of our breathing, to set the intention for this next 45 minutes there's nothing else I need to figure out nothing I need to plan nothing I need to remember nothing needs to be done just let the, the rhythm of the breath be the only thing that we're interested in every other consideration that can be Put aside, the world will keep turning, even if we're not paying attention to it. Just to set that one, one spot, that one marker in place. Here is the breath, the very center of attention. Then, as the mind drifts and wanders, falls asleep, gets distracted, starts planning, regretting, remembering, Whatever it might be, regardless of whether it's wholesome or unwholesome, past, present, personal, for this period of time, we don't have to be involved, don't have to be interested, don't have to give it energy. Whatever it might be, let it go. Set the intention to Simply bring the mind to the breath, the inhalation, the exhalation, so that in this way we get to know the habit of distraction, drifting off to sleep, wandering off into an imagined past or an imagined future, creating people, creating ourselves, whatever it might be, let go. Feeling that quality of distraction, noticing it, being aware of that tension of the mind grasping an idea or a memory or a plan, an emotion, a feeling, a sound. Knowing that quality of grasping, the mind caught up, being aware of that, and then letting go, non-grasping. And when the mind lets go, comes back to the center, back to the breathing, notice how is the mind free of grasping? What does this feel like?
Now in giving these kind of instructions, which many of us have heard hundreds, thousands of times before, again, it's very easy, very ordinary, very natural to hear these or to receive these and to then think, yeah, I should, I must, I want to, I don't want to, I will, I won't. In that, the effort to to guide, to act, I should do, I shouldn't do, I must do, I want to. The Buddha's teaching encourages us to look at that I-making and mind-making. I should, I must, I mustn't, I want to. This is all ahankara, I-making. Mamankara, mind-making. So in the exercising of effort, making effort, one of the most essential elements of that is making effort free of self-view, free of I should, I must, I want. Let effort be guided by mindfulness and wisdom, rather than by, I should, I shouldn't, I must, I want, I don't want, I have to. If effort is guided, driven by self-view, it'll necessarily lead to suffering. You start out with ignorance, with avijja, it leads to dukkha, to suffering. You start out with vijja, with awareness, with wakefulness, effort free of self-view, then the result is peacefulness, Nibbāna. So in the effort to focus the attention, to establish the, the body and mind in peacefulness, wakefulness, concentration, let that effort be guided by mindfulness and wisdom. Recognizing the unwholesome, letting it go. Recognizing the wholesome, sustaining it. That effort guided by satipanya, mindfulness and wisdom, rather than I, I should, I must, my mind, my feelings, what I want, what I have to get rid of. Notice those habits of I-making and mind-making let them dissolve, let them go as well. So there's a, a, f a development of the feeling, the skill of working free of self-view, like going for a walk, rather than, I've got to get somewhere. I have to, I must, I am. The walking can happen. The walking can happen vigorously in a, in a clear direction without there being me trying to get somewhere. It's just walking in this direction. If we can get a feeling for how to work, how to make effort free of self-view, this brings great peace, great clarity, Great ease in the practice.